Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. <laughs> and A.J. Applegar. It's sin Sin. Chew, chew. It's a mouthful. All right, all right. Welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me, my co-host AJ Abergarth. How's it hanging, man? Good, good. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah. I lobbed that one to you, but you didn't um, take it. Thank you. Um, I, I no, I did in my head, and then I said no. <laughs> can't do that yeah as you could tell i have not gotten my voice back from the fancy football expo this weekend it is like three quarters of the way back so i figured eh why not um and i also still i know i now at least somewhat feel like a normal human being again not like i spent a week in the desert um it's been a it's been a rough comeback uh for, for i think a lot of people that went but it was a blast i'm so glad i went um so anyway, tonight we are going to be talking about some fantasy football draft strategy. We've got a great guest in line for that. We'll introduce her in just a second. Uh, but before we get on to that, just want to remind everybody, hit that subscribe button, like button, follow button, leave those comments, whatever it is, the ratings on iTunes and Spotify, we appreciate it, and it goes a long way in helping us out. And then, of course, we cannot move on without letting you all know that we've got memberships available on the site. And right now the big thing is the uh, draft cheat sheet, the projections that go along with those. We've got all of our rankings behind that behind there. We've got our discord channel. If you are an all access member along with other in season content that will be put behind that as well. Um, so we're working on getting a lot of that lined up. So uh, go there. And then by the way, I don't know, maybe check out the new digs. AJ? I did. I did. I see yeah, that. Yeah, we, we got our store, man. Uh, yeah. Hat came in uh, yesterday. So I, I love it, man. It a great fit, by the way. Uh, so I, I love this hat. Uh, you can go to fantasysixpack.net slash store to check out all of our all of our swag there. So loving it. I'm definitely going to pick up some more from these guys. Um, but without further ado, let's bring in our guest of the week. And it is none other than Kate Majuk, DraftKings, Ball Blast. She's all over the place. Great to have you here tonight, Kate. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm excited. We're going to be talking some uh, draft strategy, which, like, it, it, this is Christmas, uh, essentially, for me. You know how people, there are some people that are, like, Halloween people. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I don't have that and I like I don't celebrate Christmas like that like I'm not a really big holiday person but this is kind of my holiday so uh, always excited to talk strategy and break it down step by step 
uh, to help out the listeners. Awesome. Absolutely. No, I'm right there with you. I, uh, <clears throat> I honestly, I could draft a hundred teams, but of course I can't manage a hundred teams. So I don't, um, <laughs> best ball, so, baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I kind of fell behind in that this year. And unfortunately, you know, the, the puppy filled and the puppy three filled a little earlier than I thought it would. Uh, so I'm waiting for puppy four, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if if I could just like draft with people, I would do it all day. If they could just manage the teams by themselves, it'd be so much more fun for me. Um, so it's kind of like hate to eat and run, but like hate to draft and run. But yeah. peace, it's on you. Bye. But I've got six more drafts lined up, so I'm out. Love it. Yes. yes. All right, so let's get into things here. But without getting into it first, let's do our favorite segment. Mm, beer. So, Kate, I know you don't have a beer, but you do have a brew. What you got? I do. I, I love it. So, I mean, I, I accidentally drank my way through my alcohol supply uh, a day early, uh, just pre-gaming <laughs> this show today. Uh, Makes didn't, sense. Didn't plan it very well, but, you know, I forgot to go to the store. So, cold brew. Cold brew. It's still a brew, uh, and that's that's the way that I'm rolling with this. It's the best I can do, guys, but uh, at least I'll be caffeinated at the end. I won't sleep for days. Probably something it's I still need a right brew. Now, but, uh... so still a brew. We're, we are fans of brews of all kinds. So, so AJ, uh, what you got? I myself am uh, divulging into this beer that, that I got over the weekend at the expo from none other than producer Mike, and that's the new new. Glaris, Glaris Brewing Co.'s Spotted Cow. Um, can only get it in Wisconsin, and I've never been to Wisconsin, so Mike brought it to us. And here we go. Nice. It's delicious. Live up to the hype. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm so jealous, you guys. That's I can't nice. believe you're doing this to me. <laughs> Sorry. I almost <laughs> wasn't going to, but. So I'm drinking a, uh, a Ten Bens brew- mm. beer, yeah. Ten Bens Brewing Company. Actually, I don't know what it's actually called. I've never heard of it. Um, it's from Vermont. Uh, Hubbard Ridge Double IPA. That was never a quick second it. drink, AJ. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Didn't take him on to recover. <laughs> nope. Just like Sunday night. Ooh. That's really good. Holy cow. That no, is Spotted uh, cow. It's, it's spotted cow, Joe. <laughs> mm, this is better. I'm sorry. That did you already, did you already drink probably, it? That is probably getting like a four and three quarters on untapped. That is four, out of five, by the way. That is that is phenomenal. Um, all right, let's jump into things here. Let's get into our into our draft strategy talk. And I mean, look, let's uh, pretty general question. Just kind of right off the top here, Kate. Fairly typical PPR. You could even go half PPR if you kind of want. Um, I think standard sort of a, a third wheel here, so we'll, we'll kind of ignore that one because that is a totally different strategy if you really want to go that Never route. heard of her. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, 12-team draft, right? Kind of your standard number, I feel like. What is your mindset heading into a draft? Do you have like a plan? You're going like, okay, this is where I want because this is my draft slot. Like This is the way I'm thinking it's going to roll. Or do you – or you just kind of whatever with it, you know, or, you know, you kind of like got to get a running back first, got to get a wide receiver first. Are you wide receiver heavy? Are you wide receiver heavy? Like how do you attack your drafts going in? 
I'm kind of like, it, it, this is uh, not really a strategy, but a lack of strategy uh, is probably how I would uh, describe my strategy. I'm a very big believer of uh, not, you know, necessarily going in with a uh, an ironclad plan here. I think you have to be really fluid when you're drafting. And I think that tends to be the the teams that I'm happiest with, the ones that I'm not strategizing. Okay, I'm going to do, uh, you know, running back, then wide receiver. So I, I have a balance and I have, I want to take the best players available, period, uh, regardless of position. And sometimes that team might look a little wide receiver heavy. Sometimes that team might look a little running back heavy. And then I kind of fill in the cracks at the end of the draft, but I think in terms of like the, the first five rounds uh, I'm, I'm very fluid. And I think primarily, you know, it, it's not necessarily just drafting like the highest player on the board. It's about, you know, like, do I like these players? My, my core, I better like my team. Like I'm not going to draft cam makers just because ADP tells me I should draft cam makers. <laughs> Yes. And like, this is going to be my team. I'm going to take the best players available that I like. And then the dominoes will fall as they may, but it, it tends to, I'm always happy with those teams. I'm always happy with those rosters. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily go into a draft saying I've got to go this route first. And if you do that, you pigeonhole yourself into a, probably a bad team because then you're going to miss on the players that fell. Like I, I get questions all the time and I'm sure you do. And you know, tons of other fantasy analysts do on Twitter and wherever they answer questions like, Oh, I have the 10th pick. Should I go running back receiver? Should I go receiver running back? Should I do receiver receiver? Take the best player available. Like, <laughs> like take what you like. Like you never know. It could be, you could be crazy. And Austin Eckler could fall to you at 12, but you and had your heart set on wide receiver, receiver, receiver. And then you're going to pass on Eckler. Like, no, <laughs> come on. And when you have like these, these sort of notions heading into the draft, you do make mistakes like that. You'll pass on players because uh, you feel like you're supposed to do something different. Yes. And, and I hate that. I hate doing things like I'm, I've always, I'm an only child. I don't like being told what to do. Um, <laughs> so I like, I've, I've lived my life that way and I draft my fantasy teams that way. But like first and foremost, that's like, that's my rule take the best players available, but also take players that you like and don't feel like you have to take players just because they're, you know, other people are, are high on them. Yeah. Or, right. or even where it's like, don't pass on a player because somebody told you you're not supposed to take him where. Yes. Where, yes. You know, yeah. Like That's if you want to draft him around early, do it. Like it, it's, if you're right, you're right. Like it's your thing. Just another secondary question though, on this, like, okay. Let's just kind of say the draft goes according to plan. Like, you know, kind of ADPs falling away, especially in the first couple of rounds, right? Do you find yourself leaning toward more running back in the beginning or more receiver in the beginning? Definitely more running back. Uh, I, I just think by nature of the game, um, I'm, I'm much more uh, inclined to try to anchor my team down with these running backs. Now, if like Justin Jefferson were to fall to me at the end of the first round, I'm going to to hop on that every single yep. day. It's never going to happen. 100%. But um, like if there's a, a player in my first tier that happens to fall to the end of the draft, uh, then great. But 
I do like to go wider or uh, running back heavy in general to start my drafts because, uh, I, I mean, we know this from from experience year after year. It's so much easier to uh, to grab late round wide receivers. It's easier mm-hmm. to grab wide receivers on uh, you know the waiver wire and just stream. Um, like you can't do that at the running back position. So I like to have a healthy number of running backs uh, in case they don't stay healthy. Um, I, I like depth at the running back position and um, you know, I'll, I'll sort of fill in the rest. Uh, but yeah, I, I do, I do favor running backs. Plus I just like running backs. I just oh, <laughs> I love, I love running backs. I yeah, love dudes both. just plowing through the offensive line. Like I let's go. Yeah, All the zero RB people <laughs> just left the show. Yeah. Um, no. Bye. <laughs> yeah. See you. <laughs> they were like, "What's this?" <laughs> no. All right. Uh, so, kind of leading into the next question here, though. So, AJ. Yeah. Um. I was just gonna say, you know, I I kind of follow the same thing from what you guys were saying earlier with drafting your guys, and you know, I'm a big proponent of that as well. And if it's early, it's early. I don't really care if it's somebody that I like and I'm putting in my, you know, in my teams then I'm going to go after him. So, uh, but going into this next question here then, so uh, assuming you will be going running back uh, first, when do you usually take your second running back? Do you double stack or, you know, yeah, is it I'll, I'll usually wait? double stack. I, it, depending on, depending on who's available. Again, I never pigeonhole myself, but, if the running backs fell to me uh, in the desired way. So like, for example, uh, I was honored to join uh, the NBC sports edge team uh, for, to kick off their like annual fantasy preview. Um, And I drafted a team and it was a super flex league. I I anchored my roster from the one Oh two with Patrick Mahomes. And then I came and I just went, Running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. Uh, and the people in the comments were going literally buck wild. Um, but I went, I, I think it was, uh, who was my RB1? Um, I don't know, it was like Aaron Jones. And I, I just literally kept stacking. Um, and then at the end of the draft, I pulled it all together. And I was, I was, I, I wish I could remember my running backs at this <laughs> point. Good. But, um, but like it, I just, I, yeah, I'll probably take uh, two running backs if back to back and and not have any fear there. Because again, I, like wide receivers, just so deep um, and running backs, there is such a clear tear break. Uh, you know, right around like the fourth round, I feel like yeah. that that tear break isn't necessarily there for the wide receiver position. So if I have my way, it's running back. I guess I do have a strategy. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it falls, it does fall off pretty bad. And, you know, I've, yeah. I've tried to build teams in, you know, at least recently with PPR and half PPR coming, you know, full board, just trying to stack with running a good catching running back and then trying to build receiver depth. And I always get burned because I never have enough running back depth. So this year I'm just like, don't do what you usually do, do the exact opposite. Um, totally doing a George Costanza here and it's, it's worked so, so far. Granted, we haven't played any games yet, but, uh, I like my teams this year. Like I'm, I'm very happy with the way they've turned out. Listen to your instinct and then do the opposite thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I, I completely agree with you, Kate. Like the, and 
we did a bunch of team we did all these team preview shows in early july and when i was going through them and looking at adp numbers just even like and i know i don't you know you can't you don't have to draft off adp like we said earlier but this is almost from looking at the adp numbers you kind of have to take your running backs early or you get you're just rolling the dice with like you know, like five people just hoping one lands and like, yeah, it might work out. And that's how the zero RB people do it. But that's a risky, that's a risky move for me. And, you know, there's just, there's so many receivers going rounds five through eight, even that I'm going like all of these guys could finish wide receiver twos. And if I get two or three of them, I'm in good shape. You know, of course, you know, if you, you know, you drop Derek Henry and he gets hurt, like, okay. But like, you can draft Justin Jefferson and you can get hurt. Then what? <laughs> like, okay, same thing. So, um, you know, I guess, I guess there's always the argument that, you know, running backs get hurt more than receivers, but I don't know. I just, I like to have that sure depth at running back more than anything. But let's kind of flip the switch here and let's just, you know, play the game, right? So I think we're all kind of in agreement here. Kind of running back heavy is the way to go more than not right and it does not say you have to but let's just say like let's say the board kind of falls to you and, and you're going wires here like you said justin jefferson falls in, in the first round so you're like nine or ten or even twelve right um are you more likely to go running back or are you just saying like you know because at that point like let's say you know running backs come back to you and let's just say like every other team went running back are you just going like well screw it now i'm zero rb let's let's go i mean is that how uh- we're doing it yeah. And I like, again, I, I really like just kind of following the way of the board. Um, and, and I can't let other people's picks dic- dictate mine. I, um, you know, if like there's a big run at running back, that probably means there's a really good wide receiver left on the board. That's um, maybe fallen out of their tier. So maybe that's where I pivot. Like, you know, I, it, it it's challenging, um, but I I don't know. I, I kind of like that. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you, and, and that actually happened to me in, in, in a draft of mine to where <clears throat> running backs were just literally flying off the board, so I ended up starting pretty heavily on wide receiver, more so than I usually do. But what ended up happening is, right, when I'm usually reaching for receivers in those, like, four, five, six, eight, nine rounds, a bunch of these other running backs – who weren't being taken because all the other running backs were taken ahead of them. Like teams stacked two running backs. They were all, they didn't need the running backs. So they were all trying to pick the receivers, but guess what? I was loaded at receiver and I ended up getting a whole bunch of good RB twos that I, I got one good RB one who I was like really happy with. And then all the RB twos, I was just like, you know what? I've got three really solid RB twos. Like AJ Dillon fell because nobody else needed him. You know, Ramondre Stevenson fell because nobody seemed to need him. And I was like, thanks. Like, that's that's two right there. I forget the third one now. But, like, that can also happen. So, again, just another point to the you got to take what the board gives you type of deal. You know, that that's the big theme here, obviously, is you just got to take what the board gives you. So, um, that, you know, right. even if you go heavy receiver, you can do that. Yeah. Well, and I think even at the end of your draft too, if, if things fall that way and you know, you're stacked at one certain position or like, however that kind of falls and and however that board falls, 
Um, the beautiful thing is that uh, if you're in a league that trades, uh, you can trade, which is awesome. Like, yeah. it, that's perfect. You have all the leverage in the world then to go and make a trade, and you're gonna you're gonna be the one everybody's coming to, uh, and it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't really play in leagues where people like to trade. There's like one a year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's usually me, um, which is good, I guess. But yeah, it's it's hard to find people that will be willing to make moves that are, you know, fair for everybody, if you will, I guess. Um, so, what about tight end here? Let's let's talk about the the, the catcher of football. Um, I mean, there's a lot of people that swear by taking Kelsey Andrews, you know, early to at least land one of those top tight ends. Um, you know, it, it, we've seen the Kittles, the Wallers kind of come and go in there too. Um, I mean, what's your, what's your stance on that? Do you, do you like taking one of those two guys? It's either, uh, it, it's, it's either that, or it is, um, you know, just a uh, crapshoot. Like it's either, you know, wa- or sorry, it's either Andrews, it's either Kelsey, or it's Punt. And yeah, for me, there's not a lot of room in between. I'm just not a. Uh, I've been burned so many times in that sort of mid-range tight end. Um, and you know what? Like the difference between tight end twelve and tight end twenty-four, not that significant. Uh, shockingly, and maybe that's going to change at some point, but there's really no reason. I think, uh, you know, if, if you're going to, um, you know, look at how you should construct your roster, like there's no reason to invest in these mid round tight ends because they just never pan out. There's always a pick. If you go back and look at your draft board at the end of the year where you're like, crap, I cannot believe I wasted my pick on. You know, it, like, give me an example. What was a what's a mid round tight end that we were all in on, uh, like every single year? Tyler Higby, like, yeah, Tyler Higby, Higby a couple just years ago, refuses Hayden to pan out. Yeah, Hayden Hayden Hurst. Hurst. yes, yeah, like they've all they both have burned me bad. And there are those tight ends a... every year, every single season. There are those mid round tight ends, the darlings that we all kind of. Uh, fall in love with like who would you say is in that tier right now probably tj hawkinson zach ertz yeah goddard um i mean schultz even darren waller like yeah i would i would put schultz above waller um and kittle actually um i get why but i don't in my rankings but i get why i'm so i'm with you like (sighs) I get burned by those like six, seven, eight tight ends every year. Um, but I'm actually, so yeah. I, look, if I don't get Kelsey and Andrews, which I just don't feel like I'm going that route this year. I love Kelsey, but I, I don't know for some reason, just because there's, it feels like we have less running backs that I can trust. I don't want to go Kelsey in the first round or even early second. It just feels like it just crushes your team, even though he has a huge advantage. Let me tight end premium, different story. But anyway, we'll, we'll get there. But um, <clears throat> Andrews, I'm kind of worried. You know, he was, he was really good with Tyler Huntley. He was okay with, with Lamar. And I get the volume should be there for him, but who knows? I'm out on Kittle, Kittle and Waller. 
it is that Schultz and Hawk range that I am I'm like diving in this year. Um those two I feel like they're going significantly later that I'm like, all right. And we've seen Hawk do it on a per game basis. That's why I like him. Um Schultz is you know, I'm not usually a vacated target guy, but I mean, there is legit vacated targets there in yeah. Dallas. And even CD Lamb is kind of banged up right now. So like Schultz literally might be it for a few weeks. Like that could be a gold mine right there. The problem is when you get past the Ertz range, like if you want to even just take it one step further, the problem with that is like they're all super touchdown dependent. And yeah, we see guys come out of the you know, you know, woodwork every single year and they're always valuable. We saw Logan Thomas do it, right? We've seen, um, oh, uh, oh, Green Bay guy, dang it, um, Tanyan, Tanyan, thank you. You know, we saw we saw Dawson Knox do it last year, but their touchdown rates are so unreliable; they're never going to repeat that. And we see it every year. So, like, people going and be like, "Oh, let's take you know Knox this year." Okay, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I get the offense is awesome, but. You know, he had like a 30% touchdown rate last year. Good, you know, that's not happening. So I actually kind of like Hawk this year a lot just because I think the pure volume that he's going to see um, in that offense. You know, I know, you know, they brought in some extra guys and they still have a whole lot of other weapons that you are know, returning, but he, he's but a focal point in that offense. He's still a focal <laughs> point in that offense, in my opinion. I still think he's a very reliable guy. Um, I don't see him falling much, but you know, maybe he finishes tight end eight. He drafted him tight end six. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't see much going much farther than that just because of his volume. But um, I think the, the second part of this question is what I brought up earlier. Is, yeah. With you know, the tight end premium. Tight, I mean, right. do you, do you change your thinking on that as far as not necessarily, Oh, now I have to go out and grab early or is it still the same kind of, eh, if I don't get one of these first two, I'm just going to punt. I mean, for me, it again, it, it kind of comes down to that range. Like, I have this, this beef a little bit with, like, super flex and tight end premium a little bit. Because I think we go a little bit too far in terms of then over-prioritizing certain positions. Like, uh, you know, for example, I... Last year, uh, you know, you would have had people investing uh, very heavily uh, in order to pick up any quarterback that popped up, uh, like Davis Mills, who, like, nobody projected Davis Mills would be good for fantasy, but we all still wanted him because he's a quarterback and he should, you know, just by way of the position, score those points. I think the same rush to the tight end position then happens with tight end premium and they all get overinflated that direction. I really try to, to just stay level headed and not kind of uh, go with the pack. Um, you know, if there's a rush for tight end because it's tight end premium, that's great. I'm not going to take a crap tight end though, just because it's a tight end. Uh, you know, I I'm going to, still prioritize best player on the board and later if i need to make a trade after the draft to acquire a tight end and i've got all this leverage at every other position because mm. i didn't take a uh i don't know who's who's a, a a tight end this year like an irv smith jr i don't have interest in irv smith jr like i might be uh, in trouble there or like a Cameron Brait. I'm not going to take a Cameron Brait over, you know, a 
a decent wide receiver two or three, you know, it, it and uh, you know, I, I just sense. don't, it doesn't make no. sense. And that's, that's over. That's me over and played in Cameron Braid. I'm sure he's not going that high in uh tight end premium drafts, uh, but it's just the point, like look at your roster and look at the quality of player you're getting. Cause like, uh, you know, minimum points times, you know, like 1.5 per catch. Uh, if they're not going to catch the ball that much anyway, you're not getting much of an edge. So like take the better player. And yeah. that that's like, that's, that's kind of my mindset throughout this entire draft. Uh, you know, like anytime I'm in a tight end premium draft or super flex, uh, is this, uh, am I reaching because I want somebody just at that specific position to fill that slot or am I drafting a player that I think is actually going to be good um, and I kind of take it from there that's a really long answer I'm so sorry no no, you're, no you're that's fine. good that's uh, I mean I've seen it a lot in uh, especially in Scott Fish too where people have double tapped tight end with their first two picks um, not as much this year because it was such a crazy run for quarterbacks but um i've seen it in the past and or or even a couple rounds later you know people might just do double stack and do quarterback quarterback tight end tight end and it's like okay um i hope that works <laughs> maybe and it might it, yeah. it absolutely could but um just like it's not my stuff it doesn't feel organic to me yeah um when I, I just kind of stack to stack and it's not necessarily players I like, uh, I'm not, um, it, it's kind of the same thing, uh, you know, in terms of whether it, you know, when there's a run at a certain position, do I feel the need to then just draft that position to make sure I don't miss out? Like I always try to be a disciplined drafter and do what makes sense for my team and not mm. base that on, other people and what they're doing at, at that position or you know whatever the case may be yeah yeah um so you mentioned Superflex, and that's kind of where we were going to go next um but before we jump into that just normal one qb league like when do you typically find yourself drafting your first quarterback like let's Assuming Josh Allen doesn't fall to like round five, which seems crazy, right? Like this is not happening, but that would be an obvious one. But like St. Quarterbacks go where they're typically going. When do you find yourself typically taking one and kind of what quarterback range in, you know, the typical rankings would that be? So, you know, my general, general philosophy as a drafter, uh, again, take it as it comes but I always do try to employ the late round quarterback I feel like it's uh, not a surprise there it's not a bold take by any means that feels like it's sort of become uh, even more mainstream to start to wait on that quarterback position but uh, if I'm not going to wait at the quarterback position let's say I uh, am you know I'm always open to taking a quarterback but the situations where I most often uh, end up taking quarterback maybe uh, earlier than I usually would, it tends to be in that like round five to seven range. And every single draft that uh, that I have taken a quarterback that wasn't a total punt, 
it feels like it always falls in that range because my my sort of goal is to get through some of those grosser rounds where like you're not yet taking flyers necessarily you're still drafting players that might need to be in your regular rotation they're not necessarily going to be straight up uh bench riders your whole season like you're still trying to to get a starting lineup together in those first seven uh first seven rounds and there's sometimes a point between that five to seven range where i'm like i am not thrilled with the running backs on board uh i don't see any values here wide receivers you know if there's any guys that i i like and it feels like i'd be reaching there that's when I say, okay, is there a quarterback that I really like? Is there a play like, yeah. uh, and I do the same thing with tight end. Honestly, is there a tight end here that I really like? Uh, it usually ends up being a quarterback, but when I've I've hit that range of just meh in that five <laughs> to seven round, if there's a quarterback I like, then I'll absolutely pull the trigger. Um, I feel like in most of my mock drafts, that has usually ended up being like a you know, maybe a Jalen Hurts, uh, a Russell Wilson, uh, Trey Lance, depending on, you know, sort of where, uh, who you're drafting with and uh, what, you know, how how high your league mates are on them. But um, it feels like that's the sort of range that I've been working with. And I'm always like, I, I always feel like, okay, I, as long as I don't feel like I'm taking away from like high-end talent at another position sure i'll go quarterback and i don't mind that and uh you know i feel like that uh that that's that's just the way i kind of like to roll um and i always end up liking my team again it's all like i draft with my heart and soul um and i i think that you know it it always end up i always love my teams i always think i'm gonna win uh, every single league because I walk away from the drafts happy. Um, and I think everybody should should walk away like that. Yeah, so, I agree with that. I, I'm typically a wait on quarterback guy too. Um, so <laughs> funny, we, we did a show just before the expo uh, with producer Mike LaPlante, Dylan, Mike Bonney, uh, a whole bunch of other fantasy six-pack six people. Um, we did a, a, a draft on air. And I wanted Jalen Hurts in, I think it was round, right? When did you get Hurts in that league, AJ? I mean, it was literally like exactly uh, the rounds you were saying, Kate, like seven, eight. Yeah, it, it was well, right I wasn't there. in that one. Or are you talking about our the staff league? Oh, maybe it wasn't. Yeah, sorry, it wasn't you. I, I just always assume it's you because it's uh, – yeah, that was that was the uh, mock. Draft I was watching it. Um, uh, but anyway, so it wasn't him. It was the mock draft the next night. But yeah, so like round seven, eight, I thought Hurts yeah. was going to roll back to me, and I was like, he went, and I was just kind of like, I'm out. I'll take whoever's left at this point. Like, <laughs> I just waited until the thirteenth quarterback, and it was still Matt Stafford, and I was like, thank you. Um. So and sometimes patient patience can pay off. So I loaded up, right? I loaded up on all the other positions, waited till like round 10, 11 to even take Stafford at this point. And then 
I saw people who were taking like Josh Allen and Mahomes. I don't even remember the quarterback. I, I'm just making up the names. I don't think those two teams did it per se. But teams who took like top five quarterbacks were then taking backups later. And I went on this rant on the middle of the show. We were like two and a half <laughs> hours in. I might have had a couple of these in at that point. But I what? went on a rant. Like, why are y'all taking backups? This is stupid. <laughs> you have a top five quarterback. You are never starting. It's a waste. Um, like yeah. Derek Carr. Like, I'm sorry. I know Derek Carr might be fine. But when are you starting him outside of a bye week? Like, who cares? And then in the very last round, I took Trevor Lawrence. So everybody's like, oh, hypocrite. And I'm like, okay, let's be real. So my I took the 13th or 12th, 12th or 13th quarterback off the board, and he's already sort of injured. I had to have the backup plan. Um, like, who knows with Stafford? Like, he could just, like, blow out his elbow in week two. Like, then I'm screwed. So I kind of needed a backup plan. But, like, what's your take on taking a backup quarterback, which is a very popular thing to do in drafts, you know, especially, like, your more casual drafts? I think uh, definitely, I mean, you have to be really comfortable with the rest of your roster to be taking a a backup quarterback. I I never do it. I never uh, would advise anybody to do it. Um, You know, maybe in some of those more volatile situations where you do have um, a big question mark at the position. But, I mean, looking even at, you know, the top 16 players on the board if we're in a single quarterback league even if i can't i can't think of a single um well what about like a know, trey lance like you took trey lance as your qb1 at like qb let's say 10 11 12 because that's kind of where he's going i'm good you take a backup there just in case no i like i don't i don't think okay. that um when we're looking at the range of outcomes for these players that you're drafting, let's say like QB, you know, in the QB two range, right? QB 12 to QB 24. That's a lot of QBs. Sorry. Uh, my God, that's like a mouthful. You would think I was having drinks, but I'm not. <laughs> um, but like in that range, like what is, is the difference between a, a Derek Carr at QB 14, all that different from Trevor Lawrence at 20? Because I don't think so. I don't think and, Lawrence is going 20. Lawrence is going like 15. Okay, I'm on Fantasy Pros. Uh, Fantasy Pros. Oh, yeah. yeah. This like is that. this is updated AD, or It's updated ADP, but I guess I don't know uh, oh, how often they curate it. Um, but, like, I mean, the point Fantasy still plummeted. stands. Is the, <laughs> I didn't realize Is it. the difference oh, wow. between Derek Carr and a... Yeah, a, a I don't know, a Matt Ryan that significant? Again... I don't think so. Like, just no. let me play the waiver game, and uh, we'll we'll see how it shakes out. But I no, think I never same guy. <laughs> I think unfortunately, in, in especially casual leagues, because there are so many teams that take double quarterback. When you try to stream, unless you've got one of the top five six, you're just locked into them pretty much every single week. Like you're, I think you could go as low as Dak at like eight. Even Brady at nine, assuming he actually returns to football. <laughs> Who knows what's going on? Uh, as we talked pre-show, you know, Rodgers and Wilson, like even, you know, those are kind of locked in guys. But I think after that, they're all sort of like they could be somewhat matchup dependent. And at that point, because so many teams in casual leagues take two QBs in their drafts, you're almost forced to take a second quarterback in those leagues. But I think in like our industry leagues, we're so used to teams not taking two. So I'm with you, but I also play in a couple of casual leagues, like family league. And 
they legit all take two QBs like before I'm done. I sometimes I get burned because they, they do. All but you know two. what? Let's say let's say uh, eleven of those twelve teams, uh, you being the exception, uh, take two quarterbacks. There's still there's still a few starters out there in the mix. They might not be sexy, but what if uh, one of those later round picks uh, you could have had? Um, I what's a player that was going uh, late last year that ended up paying off? I don't know. I I would need to reference twenty twenty one ADP. But like, if you like you're just giving yourself another shot at depth at another position. Whereas again, like I, I think when you're drafting some of these QB twos, like it again, when looking at the difference between uh, you know, QB twenty four to QB twenty eight, not much of a difference there either. Oh, yeah, and no. I'm assuming when you get down to that range, it's good luck. <laughs> it's it's all good luck. And I, I think that I mean I again I just like you could have a like a gun to my head, and I feel like I just wouldn't draft a second quarterback. I, I, I just I, I what I don't know. I I can't help me. Am I yeah, am I, mean, I drafting I only, all wrong? I no. No, I only did it, it with works, Stafford it works. because a week ago, like we were still hearing about the elbow, and like he, he wasn't practicing still, and it was kind of like, I mean, I like Stafford, but if he doesn't actually play, I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence than whoever's going to be left. <laughs> so I just kind of went last pick, whatever. There was literally nobody on the board. So um, yeah, I think in, I think in, it's fair. I just I I think I don't normally um, do it. I don't normally do it, but in that case, I was like, all right, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> well, even I mean, like, how about a Carson Wentz? Like, he's probably not going to go drafted in your your fantasy league, but. Probably I mean, not. realistically speaking, like I'm gonna guess he's gonna sit on waivers, and he's, he's probably gonna be pretty he's decent be, yeah. for fantasy somehow. Uh, I like there's always always mm-hmm. players emerging at quarterback, and that's just. I was just kind of like Trevor Lawrence, so I just feel like he could be get a room. Really, he could yeah, also seriously. really <laughs> he could also really leap into that QB one territory. So I would have rather just taken that taken him now. Shows him like obsessed with taking run your two fingers through his. Uh, he, he does like hair. his hair. <laughs> yeah, it's, just because yours is falling out funny. doesn't mean you can go after hey, somebody who's got way more than wear the hat. combined. <laughs> By the way, this he's. When you said his Trevor Lawrence's ADP was twenty, I was like, "What? That wasn't like that. Like, yeah, that long." Yahoo hates him. Twenty-seven. <laughs> Holy cow! <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's why." That is Yahoo huge. ADP is actually pretty darn interesting. Um, if you take a look on Fantasy Pros, Baker Mayfield QB sixteen uh, feels literally insane. <laughs> Do they um, still think he's with Cleveland? This is last year's ADP? This is nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Um, let's see. Carson Wentz, QB 18. Like, <sighs> it, I mean, that's probably the reason that Carson Wentz averages Zach out. Zach Wilson, to, 17. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, it's it, it, this Yahoo. This doesn't make any sense. You're uh, wildin'. All right. With the injury, I, I like we'll, we'll stop bashing Yahoo. Better um, than a <laughs> handful of. Love you, Yahoo. Some of these um, guys. Sorry. Joe's new nickname for Trevor Lawrence this year is the football Fabio. Oh my. (laughs) Oh my gosh. He wears too many. We're going to have a new segment on the, on the podcast where Joe dims the lights and gets on a nice padded leather chair, like uh, (laughs) Goodell and 
breaks open a, a love novel and it will just be <laughs> Fabio, but he'll have taped T Law's face on it. Got a nice Blech. I think that's where we're going. Me. I could just turn the camera. Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> no. Draw me right, like one. We're gonna move on. This is yeah. awful. Weird. All right, I'm done with the beer. <laughs> onto the wine. <laughs> All right, let's jump into some risk adverse discussion. Uh, AJ, take it away. Man. I, I guess. I mean, I'm kind of having fun making fun of you, but. Um, all right. So, <laughs> being risk averse, <laughs> do players that have injuries or already in preseason or, or guys with a known injury history, um, do they tend to fall off your board or do you take chances on them, uh, you know, based on their upside? I, I think it's definitely dependent on the injury and where they end up falling in the draft. Um, there's not a lot of players that are injured that I'll end up targeting in my drafts. Like Ken Walker, for example, mm-hmm. it, it sounds like he should be ready for week one, but I'm not going to go out of my way to draft him at any point. I'm probably going to stay away there. Um, like Chris well, Godwin. Late, so maybe, yeah. maybe, but he's already it, like, going late. He could go really. Yeah, he's now. got like two strikes against him now. He's already a rookie and <laughs> missed the rest of the preseason. Like he's and yeah. that's assuming like a smooth recovery that he should be, mm-hmm. uh, which hopefully he has, but um, it, it definitely depends on where they fall. Like uh, Chris Godwin, for example, I'm uh, it, it's really a case by case situation, but um, again, for Chris Godwin, like he's a guy that I'm generally staying away from because I think uh, based on the reports, based on, um, you know, the overall positive nature of the reports, I think people are going to be bought into Chris Godwin. Uh, but I also think that we need to temper expectations because he tore his ACL very late last week or last year. Um, and like, for example, Matthew Betts, injury analyst with the fantasy footballers, like He's projecting that he's going to have a pretty slow start to the season. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking uh, like my mindset with some of these players uh, that might be off to a slow start because of an injury in the preseason or, or you know, coming back from a, a season ending injury last year, um, they might get off to a slow start. And maybe that's the time to target them in a trade so that you're not having to give up necessarily your draft capital, but you might be able to buy them low later on in the season and make an offer, uh, you know, to the manager of Chris Godwin, who's just fed up with the lack of production uh, and watch a second half explosion. Once he lands on your roster, like it's all dependent, but you know, if they do fall low enough, uh, you gotta, you gotta take the, the risk, especially for a player that, um, you know, like Chris Godwin, for example, uh, has as much upside as he does. So very much feeling the board. Um, but I'll, yeah, I'll, t- I'll take the risk. I'll, I'll, if the upside I feel is significant enough, I'll a hundred percent take a risk. Well, so two guys that come to mind, especially since we're all running back friendly here, Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are still going real early, especially McCaffrey, number two, sometimes number one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Barkley is just creeping back into the back end of the first half uh, or back into the first round after, you know, you're seeing him just truck people in in Giants uh, training camp. What's your thoughts on those guys? You know, 
it's I'm all just in. like nagging. You're all in, really? I'm I'm actually all in. Uh, I have no mm. reservations about drafting Saquon Barkley. I have no reservations about drafting Christian McCaffrey. Um, and a lot of that comes down to like I know, uh, especially in the uh, like fantasy uh, sports physical therapy analyst community, like the the term injury prone is a big no no. But looking at the actual like issues with these guys, like it's not like Barkley has had um, you know the same injuries over and over again. He doesn't have a pattern of the same injuries over and over again. He's had some crappy luck, like some real bad luck, uh, you know, just awful. Um, you know, finally came back from that torn ACL. Then he had the ankle injury and like mm-hmm. it, it was nasty. You have to assume that he wasn't fully healthy after that point. And it's just been some bad luck. And I think Christian McCaffrey, similarly, some bad luck. Um, but honestly, I, the more we get into the season, the more and more I'm I'm all in back on Barkley, and I I just don't have those concerns because sometimes you have that. Mike, why'd you speak up, man? Yeah. Yeah. I, I figured I'd do it a more subtle way. That was, that was pretty funny. So, <laughs> I, I thanks for chiming in, Michael Plant. I more agree like with it. you on Christian McCaffrey. Like his injuries have all been sort of like different. Weirdly enough, um. Saquon, if you go back through his injury history, it's ankle sprain, ankle sprain, hamstring, ankle sprain, ACL, MCL tear, same injury, same day, then ankle sprain. He's had a lot of ankle sprains in like. But the ankle sprain was such a freak. It was. He stepped on somebody. Was a freak. I get it. Like that was such a weird. Um, like I throw that one away. I like maybe he sprains his ankles plenty, but I mean to this point, he's been pretty darn sturdy um overall he's carried a significant workload for the giants and um i mean prior to the torn acl i don't really think we had health concerns uh for saquon barkley in general and i'm kind of like i revert back to you know if i didn't think before these two really unlucky injuries that he was injury prone i don't think there's a reason to consider him prone to injury now and it you just gotta hope that luck is finally on his side and that he is uh you know making a peace offering to the people above uh and 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 that they're taking good care of that field unlike the chicago bears it's (laughs) like hey it's gonna cost me a couple sprained ankles to break all y'all's ankles okay fine you know i like i like that i you got to put that on a T-shirt and and send it to uh, send it to Saquon. Send it to Saquon. <laughs> he might wear it, but just make yeah. sure that um, or, or like put it on some shorts. But make sure that Roto wear. Adrian's got an idea. It's, it's a, <laughs> yeah. Yes, like yeah. don't take do it. Whole it's coin. It's mine. Next year, by the way, a What's whole that? merch make line bank. that it's going to be yeah. available at the expo oh, next year. I can make it, folks. plenty of T-shirts for our store. <laughs> I'll hook you up with our, our contact over there. We don't control Excellent. the store, honestly. Like I just yeah. gave him our logo and was like, he just went to town. I was like, all right, have fun. <laughs> I just want people to wear our stuff. I don't make any money off of it. It's just fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I also just don't really like what I saw from Saquon Barkley when he came back last year. It was just sluggish. It, like, honestly, 
That's what you get for a, a guy coming back from it. Not everybody is Cooper Cup. Not everybody just comes back and is like, boom, I'm I'm back and I'm 100%. Fine. Like, there are some. Just like, ask Michael well, Thomas. Peterson did it. <laughs> or Adrian I mean, Peterson. He's a, he's oh, a freak and we know it. Like, Adrian Peterson sleeps in a, one of those chambers with T.O. and a, yeah. you know, T-Law <laughs> novel. So there there's some humans that aren't really actually human uh that play this game um he was they're both of... in a lab yeah <laughs> that's where adrian peterson was grown uh, yeah <laughs> in a lab. All right, well, let's jump over here to some rookies so you know <laughs> rookies are risky we've never actually seen play a real nfl down you know i mean we might watch them you know preseason go oh they look awesome doesn't always work out yeah who's houston how on that right now you know, there there have been some really, really good rookies. We saw a bunch of receivers last year really step up the year before. Um, running backs, are, lately it felt like they're sort of second-half players when it comes to them. But, I mean, how in on the rookies are you typically in your drafts? Um, I, I don't mind them. Outside of, uh, like, rookie tight ends, uh, generally speaking, if your name's not Kyle Pitts, uh, it's a big no for me. I'm not into rookie tight ends, not my type. Um, just too many intricacies of that position to expect anybody to make an immediate impact. Um, but it really comes down to, I think, my evaluation of the prospect and, you know, my evaluation of the depth chart and what are what is the potential for um, that player to make a, a role for themselves um you know like damian pierce i before all of the hype on damian pierce i was in on damian pierce i was the original yeah. i was the og um because i mean you look at the player i loved damian pierce coming out of the draft he was my rb3 um loved what he did at, in florida and i think if he had a bigger workload at any point in his career there we would have seen his draft stock be much higher. Um, so, like, I, I I think, you know, my evaluation of that player, fantastic. Uh, assess the opportunity. Um, okay, so we've got Marlon Mack. Uh, we've got Rex Burkhead. Uh, I'm going to write both of those off. Like, we already know what those players mm-hmm. are. Like, the opportunity is there. So, I'm going to I'm gonna take a risk. I'm, I'm going to, like, make my flyer on Damian Pierce. Um and, you know, same goes for, for these rookie wide receivers who can make an immediate impact. Um, you know, you do have to listen to some of the camp reports. You don't have to go crazy with it, but who can make an immediate impact? Uh, Drake London, he's a guy that I thought already out of the gate, like before we even knew he was he was going to be a Falcon, uh, that he was a wide receiver that I thought mm. probably out of any of these guys could make the most immediate impact, whether that maybe be um, – you know, like an end zone role, which I think he'd be fantastic at. Um, Traylon Burks, another guy that I think, you know, you can use all over the field. But these are all players that I already projected to sort of have that skill set ready when they're taking the field, regardless of situation. And both of those guys come into a situation where the field is ripe for opportunity. So, I look for the perfect mesh of my evaluation of a player mixed with opportunity. And if it's there and the, the combination is right, 
then I'm going to, I'll be all in. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I'm, I don't have much problem taking rookies if I feel like they have somewhat of a role already carved out. Um, I'm not buying into much of preseason what they're doing. I, I kind of agree with your stance there. Seeing who they are, you know, before the preseason, knowing what they did in college, and obviously it's a different game. But um, you know, Pierce, I said it jokingly, you know, earlier, but he's he was a monster at Florida, you know, and and that's one of the teams I actually paid attention to and watched and have for decades. So the SEC in general always puts out talent. <laughs> um, that's okay. that's just yeah, like they're they're almost. Like Never heard of the junior varsity <laughs> of of the NFL, and then there's like a handful of other teams that fall in there as well. But I, I like rookies. I think uh, it's it's somebody that not many people will be taking a chance on, at least not as maybe early as I'd be willing to for some of and them, and especially but... in home leagues. Like I, right. I think, yeah, they These tend the known to commodity. Yes, they exactly. they like the safety and I mean the you know the the problem about playing in industry leagues is that we all kind of it's like an echo chamber <laughs> we all hype the same players yes. and we all falsely inflate their ADP and it's like this vicious cycle and it never stops um but like in your home leagues you have I think more consistency like your home leagues probably aren't as responsive to some of these news blurbs uh and some of the the Twitter chatter and it, you know, they're less volatile in terms of yeah. their player evaluations. And those are the places I probably walk away with the most rookies just because like we're all degenerates in the, the fantasy Twitter space. And we're all so excited like uh, to, <laughs> to see what out. our favorite prospects that, you know, we, we graded highly. What can they do this year? Yeah. Um, but you know, you're, you're, your father-in-law, he might not, he might not be as high in some of these rookies and uh, maybe he'll let them fall past you in the draft. That's me speaking this into <laughs> existence, by the way, because yes. I have to draft with my father-in-law soon. <laughs> me nice. too. They, uh, they usually do let it fall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the other thing too, with, with you said it great, it was home leagues bringing that up to it. Cause that's kind of what I was thinking when I was rambling on, but especially if it's one that's been going on, like a lot of the people in our home leagues have been in these leagues for five, 10, 20 years. I mean, however long you've been doing them, um, you get to know the people, you know how they're going to draft, you know what they're looking at and you know, you can almost pick out who you think they're going to take in a given round uh, just by looking at the board. And it's like, yeah, that guy's going to take him. This guy's going to take him my rookie picks right here. I'm fine. I'm still and, eight picks away. <laughs> so. And you know, kind of when people are going to like fall back to you versus when yeah. you need versus when you maybe need to reach a little bit. Like I love, I love home leagues. I love them yeah. for that reason. Um, so fun, but it, it is, it, it, you kind of have to employ a different drafting strategy sometimes with home leagues and, Oh yes. And yeah. really adjust your focus. Cause Man, there there can be some wild wild things uh, that that happen in home leagues. Um, some reaches, some uh, picks just falling Anorism. all the way down the board. Like you never know what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. Diamonds in the rough. So, speaking of, we got the uh, 
the ever famous boom and bust guys, basically the inconsistent people that we learn about from Mr. Bob Long uh, and his awesome guide of consistency. Um, you know, we're looking at like a Mike Williams uh, and Amari Cooper. Um, I don't, yeah, like so, something like that. Running backs, I don't feel like there's as many mm-hmm. boomer busts. It's more of a of a receiver thing in my mind. Um, yeah. How how are you looking at these guys? Are you worried about the risk, or you know, do you go after them? Honestly, it comes down to uh, like overall roster construction for me. Uh, if I've got you know some some solid bases, like let's let's pretend that I started my draft back to back, running back, running back in first two rounds. Uh, I will totally consider uh, if I think I have a pretty safe uh, start to my draft, that's where I love to fill in with these boom guys. Cause I know week to week, uh, you know, Saquon Barkley is going to have a pretty steady input of points. Um, but like these volatile wide receivers, like uh, if, if you have a steady base uh, that can sort of sustain you through their down weeks, these are wide receivers that are also going to win you plenty of weeks. You might not know when they're going to come, but it's when you draft some other safe assets around them, that's when you can afford to take that risk. Or, you know, maybe you go early with Mike Williams and then, I don't know, like back it up with a Juju Smith-Schuster, like in a full PPR. I would love to have that kind of boom with Mike Williams uh, paired with the safety of, a juju in a, a full PPR format, like pair your volatile guy with a, a safer pick down the run. Um, and I think that sort of cancels it out, but gives you plenty of upside. Yeah. I, I think if you're going to go after these guys, you don't want to go after all of them. Like you just can't build a team that way. It's, it's just you not, can, but work. it's going to be, I mean, a you, well, you can. Yeah. Um, it might work for best ball every other third week or something, but um, you know you still want to be balanced and and have guys like you said that that are safe that you know what you're going to get, um, and that you can still get later in the draft. So I, I'm all all on board with that. Any thoughts, yeah. Joe? No, I, I I agree. I mean, we know my thoughts on Amari Cooper. I finally did take him for like the first time in five years this oh, year. He felt like felt a he finally felt like wide receiver thirty five <laughs> in a best ball league by all means too. And it's kind of like, what well, a best ball league? I don't have to worry about it. Like he's gonna blow up forty points four times a year, and then I'm good. Um, it's the other weeks I don't care. So Joe, I don't have to think about it. Shut I hate up, to Mike. break it to you, but Warrior Bowl is not best ball. Yes, it is, isn't it? No, it isn't. I can't no let you make league, a fool bro. of yourself. Any rule longer. number one: No your league rules. <laughs> oh, we should have topped off the show with that. Honestly, I was I was thinking of, that once we started going, I was like, wait, no, I gotta sorry, throw this in here somewhere. Either way, it was still. <laughs> either way, why are super thirty five? No, exactly. He's, he's ranked way higher, even in my rankings. Um, so I was fine with it there. Um, I actually think he might have been my wide receiver four. So it's, it's kind of like I mean, at that point, like who cares? Um, but I mean, Mike Williams, you know, he, he blew up last year. Um, but it was basically off of like six weeks. <laughs> so I, I traded him after four, so I was fine Bye. you know, I, I rate the benefits of it, but, um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's not horrible to have these guys. It's just <clears throat> I don't I don't want to draft them early enough to where I'm having to rely on them consistently enough. I want you know I want points all year long. I can't just rely on you for you know four, five, six weeks of the season and have to figure out when those are. Unless you're my flex player, and then that's a different story. So. Um, you know, it's actually a good strategy note. Um, draft the players that scored the most points all year long. Mm-hmm. And then you win. Right? It's <laughs> yeah. like it's essentially what we're doing here. That's that's well, the strategy, everybody. Yeah. Well, and so another thing, right? Is, it's so, not so, a secret. <laughs> if you want to so win. It's not it's not even just the, the most players. points all year long, because if you look every year, Amari Cooper is like top twelve, top fifteen receiver. But if you look at like consistency, right? You want them to be a consistent player. So you got to look at like more of a consistent slash points per game basis type thing. And if they're like, maybe throw out a couple outliers, bad and good, and then do a points per game basis, figure out who was good throughout the entire season. Amari Cooper has basically never been that player. Um, Mike Williams yeah, wasn't that player last year. You get rid of his top, three games where he scored you know 30 40 points sometimes in the first like five weeks of the season he was a pretty mediocre player um the rest of the year until like week 17 and guess what if you had mike williams on your team and you rely on him you probably didn't get to week 17 so good luck you know that that's why i don't i don't touch inconsistent players unless they are valued enough like you said kate so next thing here um yeah, here you go. Very important. But yeah, yeah. Never trade for one of these boom bust players if they start hot. Yeah, I traded Mike Williams in a dynasty league and was like, bye. I've been trying to get rid of him for years. He's been driving me nuts. Finally got some picks out of him, and I was like, see you later. I don't care. Um, <laughs> so you talked a little bit about, you know, the the rookies with, you know, camp and how they're performing. But you were kind of referring to like the big dogs, right? The guys that got drafted really early and we're, we were all kind of focusing on, but let's take a look at maybe some of these guys and maybe not just rookies, but players getting a lot of hype in camp, right? Isaiah Pacheco is getting one. Brian Robinson's getting a lot of hype now that, you know, Antonio Gibson is getting, you know, kind of shit on per se, if you, for lack of a better terms. Do you kind of start buying into the helium a little bit of some of these players like Pacheco, maybe taking a stab on them, you know, maybe a couple rounds before the last pick just to get them just in case, or you just, nah, it's just camp hype. It, it definitely, um, like Isaiah Pacheco will not be on any of my, any of my rosters. Uh, unfortunately I like, I, I get it. We all love an, an underdog story, but I also think I need to temper my own expectations. And I mean, it's like, there's a reason why we all have, um, you know, reservations about hearing some of that preseason hype because nothing is going to be uh, truly simulating NFL gameplay. Like, NFL gameplay will like there's right. nothing there's nothing that's going to actually uh, solidify what they're going to be able to do on the field until you actually see them on the field um, like MVS for example it was getting great great reports uh, in minicamp back in what April um, and 
hasn't hasn't panned out. I think like these are brief snippets in time. Um, and should you kind of listen to the beat reporters and um, and all that? Yes, but you know, like temper your expectations yes. and just reel it in. Like take whatever the the hype is and then bring it down. I don't know, like thirty to forty percent. Um, and you know, kind of assess the situation. Like, for example, Isaiah Pacheco. Like, what are the actual chances of his pick working out? Um, not fantastic. Like, seventh round picks, generally speaking, do not work out. They do not pr- produce for fantasy. Uh, you know, like, could he make the roster? Absolutely. Um, but again, comes back to like, what are their chances of actually producing this on the field? Um, like for Isaiah Pacheco, probably not great. Um, I don't know. I try to take everything with a grain of salt. You need to be skeptical. You need to be, um, I don't know, trust no one hashtag. Like I, (laughs) I really, um, I, I listen to the hype. I'll, I'll, you know, listen to, um, you know, more so maybe the, the target trends and the snap trends, uh, like, those are the trends that I think you need to look at for camp and less about like, Ooh, player X has made some really flashy grabs or, um, you know, Ooh, like he's looking great between the tackles. Like that's all great. And you do want to hear those fantastic things, but I do tend to care more about like, okay, player X is playing with the first team. Um, player X is, um, you know, has been targeted in the end zone on every single two minute drill. Like, that like that's the kind of hype that I I tend to look at and not necessarily the the show stopping kind of moves like that. Uh, yeah, I'm on board with that. I I I got I, I got to admit I have taken Pacheco in the very last round of like at least one league. The issue um, is he's probably not going to last to the tenth round any or to the last round anymore because well it was actually it's this like, vicious cycle yeah yeah no he yeah he he's getting he's getting raised up really really high and like every single day is going higher and higher last round I'm all right um <laughs> we got Bo what's up man <laughs> um yo yeah so I mean like again like if you can get a couple of these guys like in the last round. Because, I mean, let's be real. How many of your last-round picks are really going to hang out on your team the whole year? Probably, like, 2%. Yeah, <laughs> um, maybe zero. Like So, yeah, right? So, Pacheco, like, I mean, he's getting a little hype. Sure, why not? You know, I'll, I'll take a chance. Andy Reid saying good things. I mean, but I do go back to, oh, man, who was it? It was same team, what, a year or two ago? Everybody was just, like, off the charts, like, for him. And... Uh, I'm totally blanking on the name now, but he was a complete dud. Like, barely got a snap. So, I get you. Like, take with a grain of salt. I can't think of his name either. I mean, it is a very worth, notable topic to bring up because this happens. Like, we see guys like Pacheco getting drafted in the 10th round randomly. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, as as, uh, Scampers is saying here, ADP is going to keep climbing. We'll see. Uh, (laughs) It is. And it's the echo chamber, too, because then, like, as the the hype builds and the hype builds and then you know some of the mainstream outlets kind of grab on to that name and the hype and then it it 
it's just a never ending echo chamber. But again, just go back to the, um, you know, yes. like the, oh, Darwin Tom. Oh, that was yes, exactly the been, name. That dude got so, so much like, yes. a D. I, I couldn't think of it at all, but thank you, Scampers. That was, that was phenomenal. Um, <laughs> this just is the best go back to like what the, the tangibles, I think um, that's probably the best way to say, yeah. uh, or the, my best advice in evaluating training camp look at who is being targeted look at who is on the field with the first team um and don't necessarily look at the flashy plays because there's going to be a lot of them of course because there's not uh there's not real uh tight defensive coverage in a a practice scenario so exactly you know exactly but hey last round i'll take a stab here and there but you know any higher than that i'm kind of i'm kind of out so all right um Let's just finish off here and, and we can kind of, you know, get through these a little quicker because I realize we're going a little long. But uh, just some important, and, and I'm going to throw, throw this one out to you. This wasn't on the sheet I sent you. But, you know, we, we talked about drafting backup quarterbacks, and, but that's not what I'm talking about here. So my question here is do you fill backups before filling your starting roster? And mainly focusing on like running backs and receivers. So, like, do you worry about getting your say it's a two running back, three receiver, one flex league? Do you worry about getting all of your starting positions filled, or will you take a fourth, fifth running back before you fill it all your receivers? If that's kind of how the board falls to you, uh, if it's how the board falls, and I truly think that there's a big tear break between um, maybe this running back and wide receiver X, sure. Uh, but I also think this, like, that's a time where you go back to roster construction, right? Like some leagues, you have to start four wide receivers uh, and only two running backs. Like that is a league where you do need to take into account the fact that, um, like, yes, I could have five running backs on my roster and they could all be fantastic, but I do need to start uh, four running backs at the, or, uh, you know, four wide receivers at the end of the day. So if, if it's, a pretty standard format league. Yes. Um, but if there's any sort of weird scoring like that, I do take it into account and try to fill out my starting roster because at the end of the day, you need, you, you need a starting roster. But um, if it's just kind of like a standard construction uh, of like your average fantasy league, I'm going to just, again, take what the board gives me um and if like again banking on some of those post-draft trades shake things up after the draft make some uh make some changes because like if you're the one with all the running backs they're going to be people that need running backs and um maybe you can leverage some of those your depth at that position to enhance your depth at other positions and um that's that's just how i like to play yeah, yep. I'm good with that. And the same All way. right. <laughs> so next one is, uh, you know, what what's your main tool? Obviously, you, you I, I think I already know the answer to this based on the show. But you like to draft with your heart and 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 your mind and and feel and and whatnot. But do you use any kind of cheat sheets or uh, rankings in particular, or league sync tools, anything like that? Um, so I do my own projections every season and and sort of try to keep those updated as much as possible leading up to the draft. Um, 
Kyle Yates has like this amazing uh, projection builder tool, which I just absolutely love. And I've, I've used that every year. Um, but I, I build my own projections and with that come rankings. Um, you know, I, I break them down into tiers. I think tier-based drafting is just the yes. only way to go. Um, mm-hmm. so based on, you know, my projections, I'll use my own rankings, uh, cause I'm, I guess just that confident in myself, um, and b- draft based on that. I'm not, uh, I'm not overly strict, but I do try to utilize the tiers appropriately. So like, mm-hmm. you know, if, if there's a, a player in my second tier available at, you know, wide receiver and, uh, maybe we're down into the third, fourth tier at running back. I'm going to, I'm going to reach on that, you know, second tiered wide receiver there. Um, I think that's generally speaking the way to go. Um, and no, I'm, I'm not at all strict. I'm just, I'm such a free spirit. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. And, and when you brought up tiers, like I don't tier my rankings that we put on the site because they're consensus rankings and it's like, just pretty much impossible to do it that way. But, um, you know, with my own, I kind of have natural breaks in it. And, you know, as we've mentioned time and time again on the show, as AJ said too, is it really is, you know, well, if this player is this much better than the next player and the next running backs, then fine. You need to take him. If it's the wide receiver, then yeah, like that's who you take. Like it, so that tier, like almost best value, drafted is is best player available best value available whatever you want to call it there's many terms for it um that's the way you go and uh it, it's almost like a built-in like decision tree like it I, is. I always it love is. those things where it's like are you this go here if yes go here if no like i feel like at tiered rankings that's kind of like a build your own adventure um yeah. in and of itself and i always uh, i i always feel like i have successful drafts when i when I do that, it, it, what what I hear a lot, right, is, well, should I draft A or B? And I go, well, I don't know who else is available, but if between those two, I guess I'm going A, you know, or B, whatever. But you know, it, I also hear like, well, the rankings tell me I should, and I'm like, well, that's not necessarily. I have rankings. I don't draft off my own rankings. I do, but I'm kind of like you, like they're just a guide. Like they're not a, they're not a, like, if I don't draft player X over player Y, then you're wrong because that's what I, my rankings say. Like, you know, well, I'm going to rank what? Amari like, Cooper higher than I need to, than I want to, but because it, the end of the season, he's probably going to finish there, <laughs> but consistently why I don't want him. <laughs> and that like, again, it comes down to like, who have I drafted already? Like, uh, cause if I've drafted, you know, a, a player that I'm going to project to be maybe a little more volatile, like if Tyreek Hill is my yes. wide receiver one, like I'm not going to go for Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. even if he's there in my rankings, just cause like my roster needs to complement itself. Like I, I want a balanced roster and you know, it, that that's how I like to roll. Roster build is such a huge thing. Uh, you have to have balance. So I'm glad you said that. So to finish off here, I know we, you know, I think we were mainly focused on like 12 team leagues, but let's just say, you know, so do you have any difference in strategy? Do you reach for quarterbacks or tight ends higher or lower to based on 
10 or 12 or 14 team leagues. You can do, you know, I'm sure there's like a thousand things you could say, but maybe just pick one or two to kind of share. Um, I approach, I think eight team, uh, eight team leagues and, and 12 team leagues pretty similarly um, overall, but 14 team is where I will start to prioritize that quarterback position mm. a little bit more heavily, the tight end position. Um, Cause I do think that, you know, though I, I don't think there's a huge difference between, uh, you know, maybe quarterback 14 to QB 20. Um, it's still like, it, there's a lot of competition uh, for those bodies out there. And I, I want a piece of the pie. I don't want the last crumb on the plate. Um, so that's the only sort of way that my draft strategy really changes is um, just again, prioritizing that quarterback, prioritizing that tight end mm. um, and, and building my team more so around that than I, I do in any other format. No, I, I agree. My only other thing would be like, I think in less than 12 teams, I think you can even wait on quarterback and tight end even more um, than your 12. So 12 is kind of like that, like that middle ground where it's sort of like, all right, this is kind of like a balance. 10 is kind of like, I don't care at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, y'all can I'll have just all take a body. I'll, I'll just take, take a live body. I'll left at the end because I'm sure there'll be somebody. Um, maybe Black starting week but... one for the Jets. <laughs> so who's streaming? Pencil that in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, AJ, any thoughts on that last question? No, pretty much the same way. Um, you know, my home league used to be 12 and then we, we lost a couple people. So haven't been able to build back up to the 12. So now it's 10, but yeah, it's just, you know, it's simple to just go through and take a late quarterback, not worry about it. Late tight end, not worry about it. Just build depth. It is a keeper league though, so that that plays into it a little bit too. Yeah, but that's, that's a different that's a different story. We weren't getting into dynasty and keepers tonight. No. Shows long enough. So, um, anyway, that is it, Kate. I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, great discussion. I hope uh, a lot of people learned a lot of things. I know uh, I, even I learned a lot of things. So, um, listen to your heart. Right. Um, <laughs> we're off. Free Indeed. And <laughs> Joe likes books oh, with T Law Fabio. Oh, jeez. <laughs> that's where it is I'm, I'm sure there will be a meme of me somehow like you made with uh with uh uncle with, jesse with mr scott simpson jess uncle jesse uncle jesse um, that, was, that was one of <laughs> one of my many as, highlights as he, the as he's chiming in so uh anyway kate before we let you go for the night uh, just let everybody you. know where they can find you uh on on the internet and it dropped down before i knew you what, uncle jesse what you Sorry. got uh, what you got going on this year? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. Uh, I am the associate manager of editorial operations over at DraftKings Nation. Um, just launched our draft guide over there, so be sure to check that out. And um, more more exciting news in the works. I'm just going to tease All that. Right. <laughs> uh, so That's exciting tough. news to come for me, uh, and, and we're going to have a good season. So Stay tuned and, and follow on Twitter for a, a, awesome. an announcement soon to come. Absolutely. Yeah, it's in the ticker here. You see on the bottom of the screen. It will also be in the show notes wherever you're listening or watching. So make sure you do that. Uh, glad to have you on again. And, uh, yeah, we'll have to do it again soon. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, Kate. 
All right, AJ. Uh, so yeah, man, that was a fantastic show. I I, I love yeah. drafting talk strategy. That's like that's that's my thing. As Kate said earlier on, man, this is uh this is my show. I love it. <laughs> uh, like I said, if I could draft all summer every day, I would if I could. But obviously not practical. Yeah. So Mike's trying to Mike's trying to jump in. What's going on here, Mike? Uh, <laughs> Oopsies. Right, well, that's it. That's it for the show. Um, think next week let me look up the schedule here oh we got a fun one uh mike you got some work to do we're doing a uh fantasy debate fantasy game show action we'll figure it out it's me and me and aj survey says guest. i was actually working on that a little bit behind the scenes oh i don't think we're gonna know what's gonna happen we're just gonna get surprised and hopefully no, we're making a fool of ourselves well maybe we, maybe we do hope we do because that'll be fun right so um what do you mean you make a fool every week yeah i was gonna say who's to say we don't do that already i don't know what he's talking about all right what's going on here i don't get know more, i'm get done more get more comments yeah thanks campers thank you week. scampers so all right that's it for the show Good night, everyone. Peace.